Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the show. Welcome back. It's another episode of Action Movie Anatomy here on a Wednesday afternoon. We are here talking about a movie directed by one of our favorite directors of all time. This is The Accountant starring Ben Affleck, directed by Gavin O'Connor. We'll see you guys in just one quick second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Action Movie Anatomy. Ooh, there it is. Ooh, it's just so sweet. Wait, you can play guitar. Yeah. You gotta learn this. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. looks very... It's extraordinarily difficult what it, this guy's doing. Yeah, it looks insanely hard. I think probably this part is more real. Like, you it, could do this. Because it's, it's. this is just like... Right. And he's like also tapping the, the guitar yeah, for the little I, bit of I bass. I could do all this. It's when he gets the lead part that would... No way. No way. No freaking way. It's, it's not my... This right here? Yeah. Oh... That's yeah. just not. It's real clean. It's and, really and clean. It's all picking. Uh, I think no. he's doing it all with his fingers. All, it is all with his fingers. What are we talking about today? <laughs> we're talking about we're talking about sweet folk guitar. Uh, guys, this is Action Movie Anatomy. We're here back on a Wednesday afternoon talking about the accountant. Yeah. Uh, our boy Gavin O'Connor, friend of the show, has a new film opening this weekend called The Way Back. Uh, the Way Back is a film starring Ben Affleck, a down and out alcoholic, on his way back coaching a high school basketball team. He's a former basketball star. We decided to revisit an Affleck movie and a Gavin O'Connor movie from 2016. Yeah, The Accountant, which. Uh, we had Gavin in studio talking about Warrior right around the time this movie came out, and I think the idea was that we wanted to we we wanted to promote the accountant. That was that was why we that brought him in reason, in the first yeah. place. But I think it was late enough that he just was we kind of just went in on Warrior, so we didn't actually get to talk about the accountant very much. I just remember how excited we were about the idea of this movie because he told us about it, he told us the premise, and he told him you know how it, the shooting had went and all that, and it was something that you and I were really really excited to see. Yeah. Um, I know that this isn't like our favorite movie, but it's definitely great. It's really enjoyable, and it has a lot of the things that are a lot of the things that are our favorite things about Gavin. He kind of repurposes in this movie. He's a really, really, really talented and extraordinarily underrated director. I know um, he's like he really a, is. He's like a guy that if you know movies and you like you know what you love, you like Gavin's stuff. Mm-hmm. But if you're like a Spielberg guy who like only sees the biggest stuff, he's not a name on your radar, which is crazy to me because like. Warrior is becoming for most people an all-time classic movie. Not yeah. just us. Like for us, it's the number one. It's our it's our pinnacle. We like love that movie more than anything. But for a lot of people I know, that movie is becoming like a oh, Warrior's great. Like yeah, I'm wondering what he needs to do in order to kind of break through to that next level. I wonder if and when it'll happen because I wonder if the idea that he, I think that 
he does this thing that we talk about a lot with warriors specifically is, you know, he recycles cliches, but he does them better. Yeah. You know, and I, I wonder if there's like this level of respect that he hasn't earned yet because it feels like his movies are kind of like gimmicky or like, uh, not as serious or as deep because of recycling, but they're all so good. Like the speech in, in, in miracle is amazing. I yeah. love warrior. You know, it's one of our favorites and it sounds like the way back from what you said it's great. is very good and, and very like, I think like in the, dialed in. In, in the industry, I think he's totally respected. I think it's more like the average film goer knows Chris Nolan. They know, right. you know, but like they don't know the name. And I think that's I think he he was going to do Suicide Squad, too. He's no longer doing that movie. Um, probably what it would take is just doing something like something big, huge. I, like, I feel like James Mangold and Gavin are kind of in a similar class. It's just that Mangold now has done a couple big Oscar movies. Mm-hmm. Obviously, him doing Ford, Ferrari and Logan back to back is like he's gotten him a lot of attention. Yeah. You know, like two Oscar nominated films. One's a comic book movie. Uh, that's where I sort of think now Mangold is like, yeah, okay, like he's a top tier. Like he's supposed to take over the new Indiana Jones movie. And what's also interesting about Gavin is he's not actually picking up or using actors when they're in their prime or their peak. Sure. You know, like Hardy and Edgerton weren't quite there yet when right. Warrior came Nolte out. Nolte was way on the downswing. Nolte was way on the downswing. Affleck is definitely not top Affleck right now. That was more Batman time probably yeah. uh, or even a little bit before that. And then you think about uh, Miracle. It's like Kurt Russell's been around forever, but yeah. Kurt Russell wasn't like banging, you know, yeah, when he was right. starting Miracle. So I wonder if that's part of it too is the stars that he picks are not like – upper a class because it's budget yeah and he's pretty fascinated with making a throwback style of movie that's Mm -hmm. definitely his you know again there's a lot of similarities with mangold they're both guys that are very influenced by the 70s um and and so that's kind of the story but we're going to talk about this movie the accountant um obviously the premise behind this movie is very interesting you know you have this autistic uh you have this autistic accountant who is basically cleans up bad guys Mm -hmm. uh is you know effectively he's kind of like He's kind of like an autistic action hero, I guess, is the best way. I think that was how it was described to us. He's kind of a hitman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. An autistic action hero, I think, is exactly. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and beaches what Gavin said, but yeah, he's like kind of a hitman, but he's also this genius when it comes to numbers. You know, he is a guy that is brought in to do the numbers for the cartel and for the mafia. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, I like the idea. I think the premise of that is really, really cool. Um, it is interesting to see a movie where they focus so much on uh, on the autism spectrum disorder, I believe is exactly what it's called, ASD. And uh, and we'll talk about that just a little bit more as we get into production development and stuff. Great. So, guys, this is Action Movie Anatomy. We talk action movies on this show. Those action movies adhere to four basic rules. Rule number one, the hero always plays by their own rules. Uh, it definitely feels like he does. Yeah, um, he's got these set of rules that he's implemented yeah. in his life to keep him dialed. Yep. Uh, rule number two, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people beings, things, dinosaurs, what have you in the room. And I, I guess the villain really is Lithgow, but the other villain yeah. sort of is John Barenthal. So... They, Barenthal is the other smartest guy in the room. 100%. Um, Whereas Lithgow is just like 
an evil, rich, old guy. Yeah. Know? Rule number three, the movie is driven by a police, military, political, or mercenary figure. He's basically a mercenary. Yeah. And rule number four, the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. There's a, a bunch of blowing up stuff in this movie, right? I believe so. Does something blow up? Why am I feeling, why am I having trouble remembering the explosion? There's maybe, gotta be an explosion. Maybe nothing blows up. Spree puts the grenade in the guy's jacket and shuts it. Is that realistic at all? If it's a flak jacket and he zipped it up, yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know how that works. It's super awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> well, because it's like essentially a flak jacket should be completely impenetrable inside yeah. and out. I've seen it happen in other movies, but he's literally laying on top of you. I feel like the shockwave would at least break, break a few his ribs. ribs or something. Yeah. yeah, maybe he did. Maybe he did break some ribs. Maybe he did. Maybe he's, yeah. Maybe but he's he, just a badass. He's very tough. He's very tough. He's very tough. Oh, um, my God. The shin scenes. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, guys, uh, those are kind of the rules of action movie anatomy. If you guys want to follow along with what we're doing, we got a live chat here. If you're watching this on replay, hit leave those comments below. Let us know what you think. Hit subscribe. Um, follow us on Twitter. If you want to follow with what we're doing, you can find me at Ben Bateman Media. Oh, you guys can find me at Andrew Guy. I'm almost at 5,000. I know I need to just do the post. I need to just make the tweet where it's like, yeah. hey, I'm about to hit this. So, if you can, like yeah. and retweet it, and then I'll definitely. Yep. But I just haven't done it yet. Yeah. I right. need to. You want to do it natural. I do, I do. And then, of course, you guys can find us at Team Action Show. We shout out a bunch of great new sergeants today on there, people that are supporting our Patreon, patreon.com slash Team Action. Speaking of that, we got a couple new patrons to shout out. Uh, they've actually been around for a while, and Will McLean here is a part of Action Industries. We got Glenn Caesar and Will McLean. Are they both generals? Yes, they, they are. are. Will McLean's a new upgrade, Glenn Caesar, and I, I got to hang with Will a little bit. He's part of the advisory board in the Atlanta best. this last weekend. Will upgraded on the spot there while we were hanging out, so I got to give him a, a big salute in, in the bar after the event, which was pretty awesome. And I've talked about this before on our live streams and stuff. I like to hug. Mm. Will, Will's a good hugger. Will gives a good, He's hug. A good hug. He's a good hug. So, uh, <laughs> Glenn Caesar, Will McLean, Big, big shout out to you guys. Big time salute. Thank you so much for Will, your patronage. Will's blushing right now. He is. He is. <laughs> but he knows it's true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. What do we got um, coming up today? So, yeah, guys, uh, he, he mentioned it. We'll talk about some of the other stuff coming up later this week. Be sure to tune in to the Action Industries YouTube this Sunday night for the Action Guys, 5.30 p.m. with special best guest Ben Goddard. Yeah. Um, it'll be the first time having Goddard on the show. I think we'll be talking about something movie related. Uh, we'll reveal that subject later. So follow along on social if you want to see the topic. Uh, we, and we'll, we'll tell a cool story about when Ben and I first met Ben Goddard. Uh, yeah. It, it's an interesting story. and It's really cool to see how how things have come full circle all these years later. A hundred percent. So coming up today on the show, guys, we're going to be talking fist pump moment. We're going to be talking thesis statement, favorite line. We're going to be doing a new segment called Worst Recast Ever, which yes. we're really excited for That's you to see. Uh, yeah, so I think we should just jump straight into things. The very th first thing we do on the show every single week is thesis statement. Mm -hmm. This is your biggest, boldest thought about the film. Uh, you know, you, you see the movie, you think to yourself, well, here's the thing about the accountant. And this is your number one thought. You'd say it first at a party, then you'd drop the mic and you'd leave. Uh, the biggest, the first, the only, the best, the worst, the last. Um, should never kind of be loose. Uh, do you have one? Do you want to start first? I do. It's uh, it's an interesting one because I actually really enjoy this movie and I like all the people in it. Yeah. But I will say, I think this is probably the worst cast Gavin O'Connor film ever. Interesting. You don't like the cast? I do. I like Burnthal, and I like Affleck, and I like Kendrick, but I just feel like if you had three different actors that weren't so themselves, sure, right? Because Kendrick is always kind of that way. She's always a little quirky and a little yeah. like mousy and a little, you know, uh, unsure of herself. She's pretty typecast here. Yeah, yeah. And Burnthal is kind of like either BDE, which is a is a term you can look up on the internet, or he's kind of like this, just like real cool, dialed in, like. I'm just going to make you do what I want you to do, and that's yeah. the only thing you can do, right? That's kind of what we saw in Ford Ferrari, the same type of character. That one had a little bit more depth. But then also, Affleck, I think he does a good job. I really do. Yeah, I does. just don't know if he was the best choice for yeah. this role. So again, I like this movie. 
I enjoy watching this movie, and I like all these actors. But even down to Lithgow, I don't think these people were the right people. I think that Jeffrey Tambor, maybe. Yeah. J.K. Simmons, probably the best cast, just because yeah. it's like he's good at that. Yeah, he's pretty good in the role. But honestly, I just felt like maybe we could have had better people throughout yeah. the whole thing. Totally fair. Totally fair. I think, uh, yeah, because I think, I think it works enough, but it does feel like there are some spots where it misses and it could do a little bit better of a job. And, and that's why the, what I said was of... Gavin O'Connor's films because you look at Miracle yeah. how perfect is Russell in that role right oh, and yeah. you look at Warrior which is our number one reference yeah. all of them everyone in there incredible. Jennifer Morrison Affleck in the way back is just incredible yeah I'm sure he is yeah. I, I'm sure of it uh, and, and like you know that they have such a great relationship so I don't know I think that's just an interesting uh, interesting thesis again it's not a knock on the movie because I don't think they really take away from it I yeah. just think it could have been a little better yeah my thesis is this is the most unfortunately overlooked movie of 2016. This came out in 2016, correct? I'm right about that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the most unfortunately overlooked movie of 2016. And by the way, 2016 is a year that includes movies that I freaking love. 2016's got Popstar. 2016's got... Uh, <laughs> That's the first movie you referenced. <laughs> it's got The Nice Guys. Oh, it's got... Yeah. 2016 has some, some movies that I genuinely... It's got Carol, I believe, is 2016. Oh, you do love Carol. The movie's great. Yeah. I mean, that movie got tons of Oscar buzz, so it wasn't overlooked at right, all. Right, right. But, like... You're saying that this was. This is the most unfortunately overlooked movie of the year. And the reason is because, think about how unique of a premise this is. Yeah. You've got Ben Affleck, who in 2016, he's not like, he's not like, he is peaking. He is Batman in 2016. This is his moment. This is his comeback, right? This is, I think, I want to say 2016 was the year that BVS came out. If it wasn't BVS, if that was 2015, then it was Suicide Squad in 2016. But either way, he's he's Batman in a movie that year. If only we had an outline here. Yeah, <laughs> BVS and Suicide Squad were both 2016. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. he's so he's like as dialed in, and the and the rumors were not coming out yet that he was leaving. Like that wasn't happening yet. Yeah. Um. So like when this movie comes out, you should have tons of people flocking to the theaters to see a movie about Ben Affleck. You know, effing people up uh, <laughs> with with pretty pretty great supporting people. Bernthal's having a great moment. Yeah, Bernthal's here. having a big moment. So is Kendrick. And Kendrick. also, it's not one of those things where you're like, oh, but it's a Gavin O'Connor film because again, he is respected. Maybe he's not well known, but he's not like someone that you look at and you're like, oh, well, I'm not gonna say that. It's not like a Mick G. No, and even, and even like and even the premise of the movie, it, you know, in the promotional materials, it was made pretty clear. But it's not like, oh, like this is a movie about an autistic character who kills people. That doesn't sound interesting to me. I'm not going to see it. Like, the promotional campaign for this movie didn't really lean that hard on it. It really was just like an action movie starring Ben Affleck, and if you saw the movie, you learned something about this subject. Yeah. This actually taught you something. And, like, that's why when you watch this movie, yeah, not every part of this movie hits it out of the park as much as I would have liked, but talk about a unique film, an awesome movie, a really, really cool idea, and one that really more people should have seen because that's a unique and original idea. These don't happen that often. Yeah, and, and you know, like I was going to say, or like I was saying at the top of the show, we'll talk a little bit more about the ASD and the, its portrayal in the movie because while it doesn't do a completely excellent job it's definitely flawed as most films are flawed like you said it's still bringing light to a topic with an anti-hero that is something that hasn't really been done before so at the end of the day at at the at the worst case you can pick apart things that he that they maybe do that are a little too cliche or maybe things that don't paint asd in the greatest light but on the other side of it you got to think about maybe the millions of people that now are more well in tune or at least more aware yeah of, of what this might look like to be on the spectrum also i just think like when you talk about representation uh and you talk about representation in media it's such a it's such a, a major topic of discussion nowadays yeah. that when you when you represent something it's like yeah you want to have all genders you want to have all races you want to have all classes all ages you know you body types like you think about somebody who's on the spectrum who watches this film how often are they going to really get to see something in a movie that they connect to like yeah. i'm seeing something that makes me feel okay about this thing that the world has probably not made me feel that great about 
You know, and that's a lot about what this movie mm-hmm. is about. So that's why I think it's just, it's such a bummer this movie got overlooked in the way that it did. Didn't make as much money as they wanted. They were talking about a sequel, but it didn't quite get off the ground. Now they're it's, saying it's, it's now be a, maybe happening, right? A TV show maybe is what they're oh, saying. Oh, right, right, TV you know, show. Affleck in the interviews for way back was talking about it. So I think that's that's really an interesting and thing for us. And he would be in it? Say what? Affleck would be in it or oh, no? You said you would be in it. And you would be in it? Yes. Ewan? Uh, I'll be in the film. <laughs> Do you, is Affleck supposed to maybe be in the uh, series? I would bet not. I feel like I would bet yeah. he would. He would EP probably, but he, I don't think he'd be in it. What about Gavin? Uh, Do you know if he's? I would have to imagine in both cases they maybe Gavin directs an episode, like an episode or starts. But I, off. I heard like it's a that. But again, like you hear this stuff all the time. Who knows if that'll ever happen? Mm-hmm. Um, so I love seeing Fernie in this. Right? Yeah. It's it was almost my fist pump. This is incredible. Just because I yeah. love seeing yeah. Fernie anywhere. I, like, didn't remember when I watched Fast Five the other day. I remembered him being oh, in it. Oh, yeah. But I didn't remember that he has, like, a couple scenes that he's got real lines. Yeah. He's in the movie with real lines. I love Fernie, man. He's the best. He's a legend. He's a legend. All right. So, um, anyway, guys, we are going to continue moving through the show here. We're going to get the next part, which is fist pump moment. Yeah. So when something happens, you kind of look around, you're like, are you seeing this right now? This is so awesome. God, this movie's hype. I get to watch the rest of this right now. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. I can't wait! You know, you got a tall, tall beer, a glass of scotch. Maybe you're sober. Maybe you're drinking ice water. But either way, it gets you hyped. Yeah. Um, what was I drinking during this? <laughs> you want to call your buddy? <laughs> so I think this movie has some sweet fist pump moments. I definitely, I definitely, I have a bunch. I'm going to go with when he's out and the guys try to take out, like, the farmer couple. And you knew as soon as those people started to mess with the sweet old farmer couple, they were uh, so they done. They were so dead. Yeah. They were so dead. And, like. Affleck's out there just like shooting with his long range weapon, just like oh, such a badass. Yeah, what does the, the old guy say the first time? He's like, mile like, out, not on my best day. No way. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, the only guy that could do that would be Mark Wahlberg and Shooter. <laughs> and even that would be a stretch. Bob Lee Swagger. <laughs> Bob Lee Swagger. Uh, and so they like look out and like, and, and, and he's not there, and you're like, oh man, this sweet old couple. You better not touch them. You better not you hurt better not, one of them. You better not hurt a hair on her head. We cannot pull a yeah, Logan here. You, know, you can't no. kill the sweet family. And, uh, and then the guy just gets lit up. Done. Just lit up. Like an explosion of blood on the porch. A woman starts screaming. I gotta say, there's not that many movies that have done the thing where a long-range, like, heavy artillery weapon hits a guy through a window. It happens in Wind River. Yes. And it's, like, like one of the best parts. Him. It's, like, one of the best parts of the whole movie. Yeah. It's If it gets overused, it will no longer be awesome. But the fact that I haven't seen that many movies that do it when it does happen, it's like, God, that's just so it's savage. so sweet. I'm trying to think of the movie where... They do the same thing with like this, like the bread of fifty cal. I think is like what, what most people refer to it as, but it's like a uh, where they start shooting at the helicopter and it just takes. Do you know which movie I'm talking about? Where they pick up the, the long range assault, like the same rifle, and they just shoot down a helicopter because it's so strong. I can't remember what it is. Maybe the chat will remember. I'm pretty Sounds sure it's a movie sweet. that we've covered, but it's it's sick. I love that was. Close to my fist pump because I knew it was going to come. Like you saw him, you saw him practicing at the beginning of the movie. You're like, oh man, he's going to ruin, ruin people somebody. With this thing. Yeah. Oh, 100. So, <laughs> so, and also like, well, yeah, just him with that thing. But so anyway, they, he he like lights, lights the guy up, and then like the real big dude's running around, and he's like, I'm getting these people out of here. I'm yeah. going to get out of here. I'm, you're not going to get out of here. You're done, dude. And like Affleck, like 
full on action here. This is the most action hero part of the whole movie because he oh, like, he's just sprinting. He takes off sprinting after a moving car, jumps in the back, knees through the glass, pulls a dude like a three hundred pound man who's driving the car out. So awesome. gets him out of the car. They like fall over it. They get on the ground, and you're like, now this dude's gonna think he can take on Affleck, and he's wrong. The guy pulls a knife, and what I wanted him to do, but he wouldn't because it's not his character. But like classic action movie guy, Affleck would like he would like smirk, like smirk, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like like, like smiles real quick. You like, know, he's bring like, it on, yeah. Oh. Okay, you want to do this, huh? I love my favorite part of that that exact moment is when the dude, the bald guy, after like ten seconds of getting his ass kicked, he's just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, <laughs> get your bed. that would be so horrible to get in a fight that you realize to the death, and then just like after two seconds realize like, "Oh, I'm gonna die." You're like, "There's no way this I'm guy's win not this. an accountant." No, <laughs> this guy's not. I was misinformed. I was misinformed. They sent me. They called him an accountant. I was ready to rip him, rip him to shreds. So then Affleck pulls the belt off. He goes Jason Bourne. Now I know Jason Bourne pen fights and he magazine fights. Yeah. Does he belt fight at any point? I don't think he belt fights. I know I've seen belt fights. Maybe Cruz belt fights in a movie. Yeah, Cruz might belt fights. That sounds correct. Belt fighting is sweet. He like whips him first, and then he <laughs> yeah. turns it into like yeah, and then he like chokes him. Savage, so savage awesome. fight. That 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 whole fight was just like, this is the most like. There's zero to do with the subject matter of what makes this film interesting that is required for this scene to yes. work. This literally could exist in this movie or it could exist in any other movie. It has nothing to do with him being an accountant, his autism, nothing. And then I love I love when he's like choking him out and he's like, yeah. I'm going to say names of your employers. You're going to say yes. He's like, practice. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. like, okay, you're going to die. Uh, so my fist pumps in the exact same scene. It's literally all the things you just talked about. My actual fist pumps is when the the first moment when that dude grabs the old couple. Yeah. He's like, all right, dude, we're going to go to that car. We're going to get out of here. And then you hear the car just get blown up by the two shots. Yeah. And then what happens after is he runs out and then shoots the truck in yeah. the engine block. Something about rifles with, like, two shots taking out an entire car. Yeah. And, like, blowing it up. I was just like, oh, you're so screwed. You're so done, dude. And then he, like, just, like, when he comes back from shooting, he, like, wraps it up in a carpet. Just, like, walks into his trailer and just leans it against the wall. But there's, like, an entire oh, army on his oh, wall. I love yeah. that. Savage. Also, I do have to say, the flak jacket grenade thing was really sweet. Super sweet. I was really into that. Yeah, it was a little distracting because I didn't know how real it was. But, yeah. it, but it was, was super cool. Um, so let's continue moving through the show here, guys. We're going to get into star profiles, talk about the two stars of the film. Uh, we went with Ben Affleck and Anna Ken which I think is pretty fair. Yeah. It does feel like they're the two the movie focuses on the most. So Affleck is in his, this is in his comeback moment. So like his career kind of prior to this, I think it's worth noting, really takes off in the late 90s, goes really well to the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. He has this moment by about 2003 where he's Daredevil and the, he's with J-Lo and it's like, it's not happening. The world's like, ah, we're not really indie anymore, dude. And he Things falls off, off the rails yeah. for a few years. He has the, he has the George Reeves Hollywoodland comeback. He directs Gone Baby Gone in 07, and it's it's right around the time he does The Town that, like, the full comeback is now happening. Like, Yeah, because right before that, you know, he does State of Play and Extract in 2009, which are, like, kind of yeah, kind of coming up. he's good you know. in State of Play. But then it's The Company Men in 2010, The Town in 2010, Argo in 2012. It's like he's fully back in it, and then well, yeah, Gone Girl in It's the directing career that really gets him back on track, because yeah. he stars in, in the second movie he directs, he stars in 2010, mm-hmm. and then in 2012, obviously, he's you know he's in Argo, and it wins Best Picture, and, and that whole thing. And so it's he's right back on the map, and so that's when, obviously, they cast him as Batman. And it is interesting how it's like... He earned respect. Yeah. It wasn't just because it's like, because not a lot of people talk about the town, even though we love that movie. People, it's kind of like the same effect as Warrior, where people talk about it more now. Yeah. Um, but then in Argo, it was like, well, shit. If he's just going to direct a best picture winner and star in it, like, 
how can we ignore him? Totally. But the know? weird part is that he gets all the respect by doing all those good things, and then it's this is the period where he's not really doing the best things. Because, yeah. like, Gone Girl in 2014 is great, and then it's basically after Gone Girl. Most of what he does is kind of subpar. This is, like, one of the highlights, honestly. Live by Night's not particularly good. Suicide mm-hmm. Squad's not very good. Batman vs. Superman's just okay. Triple Justice Frontier. League is... Justice League's bad. Triple yeah. Frontier's not good. Um, you know, just... And it's so now he's he's taken on all these projects. The Way Back, I think, kind of marks a little bit of, you know, a way back for him. I think people mm-hmm. are hoping that movie's good. I really liked it. I'm excited for you guys to watch it. It drops this weekend. So if you haven't seen it, go see it in theaters. Again, it's just like The Accountant. It's the kind of movie that we need to pay our dollars in a theater to go see because we need these movies to make money. Mm-hmm. We need movies like this to keep happening. Otherwise, studios just won't budget them. We just will only get blockbusters. Yeah, so, you know, Suicide Squad in 2016... Uh, BVS, Donna Justice 2016, and Gone Girl in 2014 for Affleck. Uh, Kendrick is a really interesting actress because she works so much. And no matter how bad the projects are that she works on, it doesn't really seem like she falls that far down in her stardom. So yeah. she did The Hollers in 2016, Get a Job in 2016, and Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates in 2016. I don't know what the first two are. I know Mike and Dave. Yeah. Because that was when, uh, what's his name, Adam, whatever, was yeah, blowing Divine. up. Uh-huh. Um, Zach Efron. Yeah, but it's just so interesting with Anna Kendrick, right? Because she's been in, she's 34, she's been in 59 credits, but like there's not a lot of great in there, but there's some really, really good. Well, she's like the best friend in Twilight. In yes, 08. that's how she starts. And then she gets the supporting actress nom the next year for being an up in the air in 09. Uh-huh. So there's a moment right then when everyone's like, okay, Anna Kendrick on the scene. She's like, she's cute, she's quirky, and she's really talented. It's kind of, she's kind of in the Emma Stone class they're kind of like they're a little bit on each other's corner yeah and but then emma won an oscar yeah <laughs> i mean kendrick did do pitch perfect that's her that's her that was big that's her biggest moment uh-huh. i think is the pitch perfect moment and that kind of feels like it's been the career defining role for most of her since then but she i would say pitch perfect is her career defining role at this point i think I don't so. know she has another one that's quite as big but like you know i mean this is a big movie it's only a few years ago so she's continuing to show up and stuff and i think actually that in, in general she's pretty good i like anna kendrick yeah I, I don't have the thing where most people like there's this weird hate for her out there yeah have you seen it where it's just like people just don't like her they can't stand her they think she's annoying or too squirrely or too like whatever it is but i think she's great yeah for the most part i really i really like i really like her in 50 50 i love that movie oh yeah she's the girlfriend right yeah she's like the she's his therapist that I, watched becomes... ha- I watched half of that the other day <gasps> oh no she's not the girlfriend bryce dallas howard's the girl she's the original girlfriend yeah yeah he, okay. she's the love interest i didn't get to the, the part where she's in it so oh, really? i must watch 30 she's, minutes of she's it. the therapist yeah like <laughs> for it. his uh his dealing with his cancer yeah. um i actually watched mr right the other day do you know that movie don't remember it. It's Sam Rockwell and Anna Kendrick, and he's huh. like a hitman, and uh, she doesn't know it. And they like it's like a rom com action huh. movie. Interesting, it's great. It's, it's great. amazing how many movies we watch, but still how many movies there are we've never seen. It like blows my yeah. mind. Sometimes oh, yeah. I started watching Click the other day for the first time. Oh, yeah. Click is great. It's good. It's gonna make you cry. Yeah, it always people, does. What people say. It always does. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, talking a little bit about filming, you know, this uh, started in Atlanta, Georgia, in 2015, uh, in January of 2015, and um, it. You know, they shot a little bit at the Georgia Institute of Technology, and it wrapped in April, so just a few months there. The action sequences in the film feature the Indone- Indonesian martial art Penak Salat, or Pen... whatever it is. It's Pen-Sok the one that... Pensok Salat. It's the one that we saw a lot of in the raid. You yep. know, really, really popular there, and it's basically where... Um, it's an umbrella term for Indo- Indonesian martial arts that focus a lot on striking, grappling, and using your entire body to, uh, to attack, not just your hands or your legs, depending on what you know, martial art you're more familiar with. It was written by Bill Dubok, who uh, wrote The Family Man, The Judge, and Ozark. You love The Judge. 
do like the judge a lot. I'm a big fan of that movie. You love big that fan. movie. I actually have never seen. Is it a Family Man or the Family Man? I feel like it's the Family Man, and it stars it stars our boy Jared. And I've never okay. watched it, and I've always wanted to watch it. Uh, or oh, wait, is that the Company Man? I don't know what a Family Man is. I'll look it up. You keep talking. Okay. Okay. So, uh, yeah. And then, uh, obviously, Gavin O'Connor, who you guys know, we've talked about him tirelessly, endlessly on the show uh, with Miracle Warrior and The Encounter. Kind of his big wins. But, you know, I was looking at the chat a little bit ago, and Jarvie, Eric, Richard Eric Jarvie, our boy, was talking about how um, he has a lot of misses in his filmography. Yeah. So, I want to take a look really, really quickly. Oh, I was right about this. Yeah, it is. It's, it, it is. Uh, what's his name? What's that? Jared. Jared? Yeah, I listen to the soundtrack of this all the time by Mark Isham. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> not weird. Uh, the He's right about Gavin. That's that's the funny thing about his yeah. career. Because if you go and watch, Pride and Glory is not very good. No. That movie that movie misses the mark pretty hard. Um, so he's got... Oh, wow, he's directing The Green Hornet. Yeah. That's I announced. That. I didn't see that. So he's got Comfortably Numb, Tumbleweeds, Miracle, Pride and Gore, Glory, Warrior... And then Jane Got a Gun in the accountant. Everything else has been TV series or And TV Jane Got movies. a Gun is not actually his movie. Yeah, there's a whole crazy story yeah, about he, that He came one. on to finish Jane Got a Gun. Mm-hmm. That movie's not his. So, like, yeah. take that one out. Pride and Glory is has good intentions. It just doesn't come together all the Which way. Which one is that one? Is that the cop one? It's the Norton Colin Farrell one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the one where yeah. Colin Farrell holds and threatens to shoot a baby at one point in the movie. That's good. Yeah. That's a, that, 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 I bet one people over. Yeah. Wasn't, <laughs> wasn't great. <laughs> not a good moment. Yeah. Uh, and then I do want to read uh, Alex Shashek. Sent over uh, Commander in Chief, big Commander time in Chief Alex Shashak of Call to Action. Oh, They're just... almost at a thousand subs, by the way. Their YouTube channel. Oh yeah, go guys, go subscribe to Call to Action. They they've been doing insane shows on there. I mean, the other night I was looking at their live chat. They had 150 people in there. 150 people for Schmobates for uh, Chill with wow. Roca and Smets, I believe. Incredible. That's insane. It's more than we get in a lot of times. Yeah, it really is. Uh, so Alex sent over this uh, this article on psychiatryonline.org about the accountant cinematic take on ASD. And uh, I don't want to read the whole thing, but I do want to read this last paragraph. It says, overall, the accountant is a flawed film, not quite succeeding in striking the balance between entertainment and clinical reality. It often errs on the side of sensationalism, perpetuating the stereotype that the only thing redeeming in autism is savantism. Which is very true. Yep. Uh, it also does disservice to the ASD community by linking violence to it, especially against the backdrop of Sandy Hook and the Umpqua Community College shootings in, you know, around the same time. Yep. Yep. Um, she says, however, while the movie falls short of its goal, I commend the effort and applaud it for its greatest strength, allowing the audience to connect with an antihero whose core dis- disability is the inability to connect. Which I think they do a really good job of that part of it because, I, you know, really only the moment at the end with Bernthal when he says he's happy and he kind of yeah. smiles and he kind of like turns into a child again. Yeah. It's really the only time you see him because he never really connects with Anna. No. Because he has the, it's, he's ASD. Yeah. You know, you don't have it. But he does care about her in a way. That yeah. he, like he wants to protect her, but it's not like if they added in the romance angle, it would be so bad. It would yeah. have been horrible. Because it wouldn't have made any sense. No sense. He sends her the Jackson Pollock. And it's also, I, I love the moment when she says, Why are we staying in this hotel? And he's explaining the towels. And, oh, and and he's like, and I, and I wanted you to like it. And that like that's mm-hmm. a great. That's like one of the greatest moments of the movie because it's it's literally one of the only like moments that he peeks out into like I like you at and, least or I care about you. I want yeah. in some to in some way make your experience good. Also, I love when he's like my treat, and you're like you have like pieces you have like rembrandts and pollux yeah, in your home like, i know my treat like i do love you could the probably, painting. You probably buy the hotel i love the painting aspect yeah of it. i think it's really cool that like for payment a lot of time he's just like no i'm just gonna take these 
priceless pieces of art. Yeah, I think so. The comment about savantism is really interesting because I, one of the things I did find myself thinking while watching was like, it's a it's a construction of a character that's like sort of a bit cliche, which yeah. is a little bit of a hallmark, right? Of that's, that's like Gavin likes to play with those because they're they're he likes to take these big swings. I think when we call them cliches, what I think we really mean is he takes big swings because generally speaking, the big swings are the things we've seen before. Yeah. So in Warrior, the structure of that movie is so perfect because he's taking the big swing with the with the way it builds up, with the fighting, with the matches. And even the, on a smaller scale, we talked about this on the way here, the belt fight that we just talked about is yeah. literally just pulled from so many other action movies, but he does it in his own way. Yeah, and so I think when it comes to the stuff with, um, when it comes to the stuff with the savantism, it's like, there is an aspect to him being like just br- br- like brilliantly dressed savant of classic art who listens to classical music, but also listens to like death metal while he hits himself with a piece yeah. of wood. Also, that was my other fist pump is when he breaks that piece of wood over his shin. Yeah, the idea of how bad that would hurt hurts so just, much. Yeah, and so there's like a level to that stuff that like is a little bit of like the reality of this character would I feel be much much less exact. He mm-hmm. would be. I don't think he would be this like sort of perfectly robotic person who also like do you know what i mean yeah i mean so it's tough because like i my experience with asd is uh i have a good amount of experience on a surface level like one of my people in my improv group that i performed with for years yeah uh was on the spectrum yeah and, and he was hilarious and he was amazing but he also would do things at times that you had to remember like this is just who he is yeah you can't take it personally or you can't you know so um i think that there's moments in this movie like again the cliches it's like you knew the moment that you heard that that he he had autism there'd be some sort of routine that he has with his like breakfast and like his toast you know what i mean like there's that stuff in there that you're just like i'm waiting for this but it 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 does kind of take away a little bit because now it's just like oh yeah i I understand asd you know you're really good at math and, and like you have to have your eggs symmetrical to your toast right you know what i mean and it's not like the thing about it i think where where to me it's like yeah, like, this is cool, but it's also, like, how different is this really than, like, Denzel being OCD and the Equalizer and laying out his tea bag? Yes. Where you're like, there's a lot more to this. There's a lot more to this than just your eggs. And, like, and, that, and that's the part of it that's like, yeah, this is really cool and I like this movie, but it doesn't totally knock it out of the park in the way that I think it could. One of my favorite moments is the flashback, and it's when the guy is talking to the parents about, like, how kids don't, like, they don't have a disability. Yeah. They have a different set of skills, and it's about learning to hone in those skills to, like, excel. Yeah. That is actually probably one of my, like, maybe my favorite line, because I just can't remember all that he says. But that's a moment where you're like, there is a different way to look at this, and that's really the most important thing about it. And yes, they will have, you know, they will excel in certain parts of, like, in certain skill sets, and then socially they'll probably struggle a little bit. Yeah. just thought that that was a really great if there was a way to like take that moment and make that the whole movie right the real look on asd probably wouldn't have been as interesting of an action movie but it would have done a better service yeah and there's also i mean they're, they make some really great choices in the construction of his character at the flashbacks i would actually argue that in a lot of cases the flashbacks are the strongest parts of the whole movie yeah um a lot of the stuff when they when they have the flashback moment to his mom leaving it's actually it's actually probably the most unexpected turn of the movie because the way that the movie opens with the dad you're like oh he's gonna be right he's gonna be the angry father that pushes him to like you know be violent and hate life but in 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 reality it's the mom that can't deal with it she leaves the dad is like you're gonna need need to be tougher because Mm -hmm. the world's not gonna be easy on you i'm gonna train you and then like when they go to see the mom later obviously you know his his dad dies like 
that's all very heartbreaking stuff. It's good. And then, like, I do like at the end when they bring it back around and Bernthal's like, yeah, why did you go? Why didn't you call me? Why'd you call him? You know, the whole thing is, is really well done. I do want to talk about that just a little bit because uh, someone, you know, people were talking about it in the chat about the brother reveal. How do you feel? We haven't talked a lot about Bernthal in the movie. Um, I, and so I actually, on rewatch, this is the second time I'd seen it. Same. And um, the Bernthal reveal, the brother thing, feels largely unnecessary. Yeah. It doesn't, like, this is what I was saying to you on the phone. It's like, if you think about writing the script for this movie, right? You think about writing it and, like, like okay, so if I want to make this movie, there are two things in the story that kind of need to be. So, right, the ASD component of this film is what gets this movie made. You mm-hmm. can't make this movie without, like, that. Like, that's the pitch. Because otherwise, there's not that much going on in this movie. It's just a straight-down-the-barrel action movie about a hitman. And the way you have to wrap the story back around is that Bernthal has to show up at the end, and you have to find out that he's his brother. Otherwise, kind of a lot of the backstory stuff of him even having a brother is irrelevant to the movie. Yeah. He would just be an only child if, if you didn't have to have the Bernthal thing at the end. But I don't know, like... <laughs> Like, I, again, we say he doesn't need to be in the movie. From a, I'm sure from a script writing standpoint, he does. Yeah. I'm sure if you're reading the script and you read 25 scripts in a week and you read the script and it doesn't have the Bernthal character and he is an old child and the hitman at the end is just some random guy. Or, like, he does have a brother and they just never acknowledge it again. It's not good enough. Yeah. And so you, to get this movie made, there has to sort of, you know, like, screenwriting is not nearly as random as I think a lot of people expect. Like, you can't just, like, reinvent the paradigm. Like, most of the decisions that get made in the screenplay are pretty predictable because, like, storytelling is storytelling yeah. there are beats you need to hit so you had to have this beat to connect and and show some probably that was his breakthrough moment at the end it makes more sense he'd break through with his brother than he would with anna kendrick yes right and it feels i, I think honestly the thing the the thing about the the brother reveal that doesn't work for me the most is just when they show all these flashbacks they focus so solely on Ben and his dad and not really the brother that he doesn't really have any character development. There's a lot there that I think they could have added in just even a couple lines in each flashback that would have made you care about the brother or at least understand their relationship a little bit more. So when, he, show, so end, when he shows up, it matters at all. It matters at all. You know, because there's a moment there where he, he's like talking to him. He's like, what does he call me? He's like, you fucking weirdo yeah. or whatever. And you're like, why didn't they show me more of that when he was a kid? Right. Yeah. Because that is a moment where he's literally just going right back to being a kid and saying probably what he said to his brother. You yeah, know? There's, yeah, there's, yeah. There's just a couple things missing on that connection that we could have cared so much more about the reveal of Bernthal, uh, but it was necessary. I do agree. Yeah. So let's talk a little critical in box office on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, Warner Brothers releases this film. It opens on October 14th, 2016, $44 million budget. Makes 86 domestically, which is pretty good. There yeah. was a, a decent advertising campaign behind it, so they probably spent quite a bit of money. But then the foreign was another 68.9, which I think is largely on the strength of Affleck and his Batman moment. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the total gross on this movie is 155 which for a $44 million budget is fine. Yeah, it's making over three times its budget back, which is, you know, that, that means you're essentially breaking even plus some because yeah. of uh, advertising. And I think, generally speaking, you can assume that there's going to be 25 to 50% of the budget spent on advertising. Mm-hmm. So this movie probably ends up costing them more in the $60 million range, 65 yeah. to get out there. So then they make 155 back. It's It's really interesting how... This remind these totals and the way this looks. It reminds me kind of a little bit of Edge of Tomorrow, where like they spent a ton of money, made enough money back, but who knows how much over the actual advertising budget? Right, like not enough to just make the sequel. Where it's like, yeah, but we could do this, or we could just like you know adapt a children's series, make a cheap horror movie or another superhero remake, and you know make ten times our investment because that's what those do. And we're a movie studio; we need to make our money back. Yeah. So like that's why I think this movie didn't get the immediate sequel that they were trying to do. I also think probably by the time this movie came out and people were talking about the sequel, we were getting into late 2016. Correct me if I'm wrong, 
was it that summer that the Affleck is out on Batman? I know I said earlier I thought it was the next summer, but it actually might have been. Might have been. Because that's right around our... It might have been 2017. Maybe the early 2017. It might have been 2017 at, the, at, at Comic-Con when he, people were saying he was out. Because then Justice League probably came out in the late summer. Um, Lucas Shashek says, and so does Jarvie here. And this is actually something I was, I was curious about as well. Um, he says, the brothers thing as a plot point hits a little differently now that I've seen Warrior. And Jarvie responded. He goes, yeah, it feels cheaper, doesn't it? Kind of does. Because it's the same thing that he did six years ago. It's the brother thing. The brother thing. Like yeah. two brothers fighting each other at the end of the movie and you don't know that they're brothers until the end of the movie. And the, yeah, and he's kind of like kind of like the abusive dad that yeah, also right. forms them. Yes. The mom's not there. Yes. It's right. So all the same things. There are a lot a lot of themes and hallmarks that are consistent with the two films, but they just don't land in this one. And then Kendrick is kind of like the Jennifer Morrison, like the supportive like she's not as quite as strong yeah. of a rock because she has to play it. But it's interesting. It's like the exact same formula. Yeah. But with a hitman instead of a fighter. Uh, so, you know, we were, we were on the way over here and we were thinking about games for the show. We used to do this thing called Master Recaster. Yeah. Uh, you know, big shout out to Brian Hurst out there. OG I, Hurst. OG Hurst, who I believe is the one that coined that name. But we were thinking, what about the worst recast ever, right? We've got a guy that's got, that's, that's ASD and maybe just some of the characters that could have played it as well that are very good with numbers. <laughs> It's just like like the number of guys that would come in and like I'm, I'm thinking what if what if this movie couldn't get the budget what if like Steven Seagal is like uh, what's ASD and like he comes in and he's oh, like I've, eat, I've eaten there yeah like, <laughs> you know Steven Seagal coming in like like just like just like I I can't move my I can't move my arm to get my hand up to my is my this face. jacket is this jacket small in anyone else <laughs> is it hot in here I've been told many times that I'm very good with, I'm numbers. Very good with numbers I'm an assassin. I can take anyone down. Yeah, I think I think Seagal to me is like the he's the he's the pinnacle of like the the terrible. Because like imagine okay, let's say let's but say you're like, like a think fr- think uh, think Arnold yeah. Arnold in <laughs> Arnold in Batman and Robin. I'm very good with numbers. I did the math. <laughs> I can't do Arnold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, you know I'm really good with numbers. You know I've been practicing for a long time. Uh, I'm very good with numbers. <laughs> let's let's do some improvisational comedy. Um. These are all real bad. These are all. These are all people. I don't think not. these would. Any of these would be good. Who do you think would have been? Yeah, can would, you think of else would have been? Can you think of a good recast on this? <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just good with numbers. No, Tom would have been horrible. <laughs> Whoa! Let me take off my belt. Uh, <laughs> Arnold as Affleck is probably my favorite. Yeah, you know, I was actually thinking about this with my thesis. Like, who would have actually been a good recast for this? I think Fastbender would have been. Phenomenal. I wanted to say that. I always feel like I say fast, but this would be, he's like, it would have been real good. Because he kind of does, like, in in jobs, he he has a lot lot of the similar things. Mm -hmm. He's he's not, he actually is on the spectrum. I don't, at least I'm not aware if he was, but um, his inability to, like, connect, connect emotionally. so direct. Yes. Right? So I think he would have been able to play this character really, really well. Um, That would have been really interesting to see. I think also you could because those you know he's very handsome, very traditionally handsome. Yeah. So is Affleck. But what if you were to go with like a way a way more off the wall looking guy? Like what if this was like Andy Circus? Yeah, I know. I was trying to think of someone a little bit less a list, like you know, like even like a Cillian Murphy, mm-hmm. you know. But I don't see him as being badass enough. Yeah. But I want something like that, like a Guy Pierce kind of, but Guy Pierce is too douchey looking. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Uh, hold on. What else? What else is there? <laughs> It's got to be someone else that we could do that. It's like, I got these because of the towels. I hope you like it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I want you to like it. I want you to like it. I care. 
I don't know. Um, anyway, guys, we're 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 starting to, to wind down yeah, on we time got five here. Five minutes left here. So uh, we we are going to talk critical and box office. This movie ended up with a fifty two percent by the audience, a seventy six percent by oh, no, sorry, the other way around. 50% by top critics and a 76% by the audience. This does feel like a, the, the classic kind of movie that would be like far more enjoyable to an audience than to general critics. Yeah. I think if I'm just very good with numbers. <laughs> Pacino. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, and, and again, the tomato meter in, in Rotten Tomatoes is always done by the... It's, it's just whether you liked it or did not like it. Uh, I am a little surprised that critics... Only half the critics like this movie. I would have thought this was 64. Yeah, 62. I'd go a little higher. That's like what I, where I would have put it. IMDb was at a 7.3. That seems a little more... Yeah, that seems a little more fair. A little more accurate. I think if this had been a 7.0 on IMDb, I would have been okay with it. 7.3 is a little high, actually. It's probably a little high. It feels a little high. Yeah, yeah, for IMDb. Definitely, because uh, that's... Yeah, high, you know, mid-7s is, is, is not an easy thing to accomplish. So uh, we don't have an AMA question. Do you and have a favorite line? I So I was thinking about favorite line, and... I I should have just written down everything that guy said because I'm pretty positive that's my favorite okay, line is when gotcha. he's talking about, you know, the way that you really, like, observe, uh, you know, a, a kid that is ASD um, and, like, the way the parents look at it and the way that his mom looked at it. And, you know, the guy kind of spelling it out. That was definitely my favorite moment where I felt like I really connected and yeah, understood. Yeah, matter? Yes. Also, um, the what the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I, lo- I love the what the fuck. Uh, the, one that, the one that I loved was at the end when Lithgow comes in and he's like, <laughs> and, and, and Bernthal and Affleck are sitting there and like, your one instinct is like, is a hitman guy going to walk out or is Bernthal or, or is, is Lithgow going to walk out and shoot Bernthal? Because I was like, that feels, that feels like one thing that might happen right now. Right. He connects to his brother, then he dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's like, you know, lone, lone guy on the road. But that doesn't happen. Lithgow just comes out. And he's like, what, what are you doing? And, you know, and he's like, and he's like um, I do, I help people. My I, company helps people. I change lives. Do you know what, what that's like? Do, yeah. And Affleck's just like, yes. Yeah. No, it just takes him out. And perfect headshot. Perfect headshot, yes. Because, like, he doesn't connect to people. He lets people finish. He doesn't say much. He, I, he's like, I'm here to finish my task, which is to kill you. So I'm going to let you finish your sentence. Then I'm going to shoot you in the head. Say one line and move on. Hands down, without a doubt, if I was Lithgow, I would have had a panic room and I would have hidden in it. Yeah. Because he's supposed to be a billionaire or whatever. Like, what are you doing going out there? Walking out there. The guy's there to kill you. I guess you're like, thinking your guy would, but then you're like watching him. Like, I think that if I'm him, I look at it and I go, both, one of those two people is going to kill me. 100%. Maybe both of them. Um, oh, no. What was I going to say? Oh, the other favorite line I had is the first time that you see Bernthal talk to Lithgow. Or no, the second time you see Bernthal talk to Lithgow's ex-partner in the kitchen about yeah. the accidental overdose. So that's a good scene. And the two decisions you have. Because it's like, the way he says it, he's like, you violate your wife. I'm just kidding, man. We wouldn't do that, but I'm going to pop her in the brain. Or whatever he says, yeah. like the brain, the brain pan. pan. Yeah, the brain pan. And it's just like, thinking of those moments in movies where you have to make those decisions, it's like, I can either try to survive and die and then yeah. my wife dies, or I just kill myself and my wife gets money. Like, yeah. it's a horrible... Yeah, Bernthal is, like... He might be he might be my least favorite part of this movie, to be honest. Not, yeah. not because I think he doesn't do a good job, but I think because a lot of what he's asked to do in this movie and a lot of the way he handles himself feels, like, just very, very Bernthal. He's not doing, like, doing anything. Like, and, and the character is not really interesting. He's just, like, show up and be cool. Right. Be kind of badass. Kind of be friendly right. with the people you're killing. It's it feel, he his character felt as cliche of a character in a yes. movie like this yes. as there is. Yep. Like you talk about how unique Ben Affleck's character is trying to be, he they're not even attempting. No, he's like, like Bernthal is the most like stereotypical. He's like good looking, well dressed, you know, uh he's not a he doesn't come off as aggressive or mean. No. He's just doing his work. Yeah. We've seen that guy a million times. A million times. So 
There are three action movie categories, guys. Totally ridiculous, totally legitimate, and ridiculously legitimate. Which category does this movie fit into for you? I think this is tough. This yeah. This is tough, right? Because it doesn't really feel... At any point in time, it doesn't feel overtly ridiculous. But it also does feel sort of cliche and silly. What about, like, when the kids are getting their ass kicked by that, like, older dude and the dad's just like, oh, I know their limits and all that. Like, do you think that the childhood training at all is a stretch or is that that's like what we that's like what has to happen in a movie where this guy's this badass as an adult? Kind of. Ha- ha- there has to be a right? reason he, like, knows how to wreck people. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think this movie probably just because of the subject matter, you have to you ha- it has to lean into totally legitimate. But I think probably it more accurately is the middle category. I think so as well. And I and I, I think the way you you uh, you said it is is probably the best. Like it needed to take itself as seriously as a movie that was totally legitimate. Yeah. But not everything landed the yep. way that they, they'd anticipated. And, uh, you know, again, there's just parts of it that, that don't work for us on all levels. So uh, I agree. I agree. I'd say middle category with really leaning into totally legit. Yeah. So, guys, there's one last thing left to talk about on the show. It's called The Peer. Wow, 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 That was sick. That was a good, good one. one. That was an upgrade. <laughs> really good yeah, so we're, we're gonna be covering the way back next week guys this yeah. is the this is the film we were talking about it's gavin's next movie it stars affleck i uh, was lucky enough to see it this week it opens this weekend go see it uh it is a sports film about deep 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 dark alcoholism so enjoy it go spend your money in the theater we will be talking about it next week on the show we're really excited about it be sure to tune in this sunday night to uh action industries on youtube that's youtube.com slash action industries if you're not subscribed already go subscribe right now uh we will be doing the action guys with special guest ben goddard check out our patreon patreon.com slash team action the bandit we just debuted this new series called uh, action rewind yes uh, we are we are going to be going back and one at a time together watching all of the old team action matches we did in the schmodown um twice a month we're doing it it's only for 25 dollars and above patrons um so it's a very special perk we had a bunch of people upgrade that were really excited about it but this last sunday we did an episode with the very first action rewind on it that is available to everyone and anyone so if you want to see what it's like if you want to see if it's worth your uh your hard-earned money to sign up at that level go check it out because uh you know i I even remember the timestamp because i said it to you but like an hour and 20 minutes into our episode on sunday is when we do the rewind and it's so much Fun. It was really fun. We had a great time. Yeah. There's there's funny stories. We, we were really bad back then. We were really bad, and our characters were like so douchey, and they had these weird accents. It was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a good so, time. So we're going to be doing that. So uh, get excited about it, guys. If you want to be a part of that, go and check it out and sign up on Patreon. Um, and uh, big shout out to all of the generals, the five-star generals and the commander-in-chief starting at the top. We've got Lucas and Alex Shashek, commanders-in-chief. That's a big salute to you guys. Big salute. Jake Yakaveta, who is right up at the top. He hacked with the system. Them. He hacked the system. He managed to get above somehow. Five-star generals. we got Cody Seal. It's a new upgrade. Yeah. John Getz, Mac Ryan, Oscar Romo, and another upgrade of Steven Anderson, as well as Pauly D. PLB. The, the man, the myth, the legend, Denuzio. Big salute to you guys and our generals. And our generals. Anthony Nugent. Upgrade Brandon Buckingham. Danny Joyce. Eric Ritz. Ferris Muthana. We've got Glenn Caesar. It's another brand new one. John Patterson. Carl Newell. Kelsey Kirkland. Larry and Lindsay Payne. That's another new one. Yeah, Liam Gilpin. Luke M. Haynes. Michael Deacon and Bethany Curl. Uh, Sari Laman Maki. And a brand new final upgrade. From the advisory board, Mr. Will McLean, the hugger himself. Guys, thanks for watching the episode. We'll be back next week with The Way Back. See y'all. See ya. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. <laughs>